today on Travel Guys. In the travel news, TSA workers in Miami get caught stealing from bags on the security belt. And in Las Vegas, it might be better not to let them eat cake from those vending machines in the casinos. Those stories next in the news. If you're thinking about trying out an electric vehicle next time you rent a car, we have some pointers for you in our Smarter Travelers segment at 320. Been a while since Steve LaRosa told us about what's going on around town. At 335, he tells us how to create your very own staycation. The Trans-Siberian Orchestra returns to Sacramento December 1st, and tickets are on sale. Al Petrelli joins us at 345 to talk Christmas Spectacular. And I just realized something, Tom. I wrote these headlines, and all the times are for our Sunday afternoon program. Oh, they are, aren't they? Yes. They are. Okay, boys and girls, switch all of that to 1135 uh-huh. and 11, uh, 1035 and yeah. 1045. No, 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 right. no, no. You, you had it the first time. Yeah, I think Caitlin texted me that that, that was messed up, and, and I, I didn't see her text. Anyway, after nice. 14 years on Sunday afternoon, um, <laughs> here we are. My brain is programmed for that. Anyways, all this stuff is going to happen um, in this hour, not at maybe uh, we maybe tomorrow. we should do the whole thing. Let's do the whole thing again. You ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right. Today on the Travel Guys. Uh, in the travel news, TSA workers in Miami get caught stealing from bags on the security belt, and in Las Vegas, it might be better not to let them eat cake from those vending machines. Those stories next in the news. If you're thinking about trying out an electric vehicle next time you rent a car, well, we have some pointers for you in our Smarter Traveler segment at 1020. No. At 1120. It's been a while since Steve LaRosa told us what's going on around town. At 1135, he tells us about how to recreate your very own staycation. And the Trans-Siberian Orchestra returns to Sacramento December 1st, and tickets are on sale. Al Petrelli joins us at 1145 about the Christmas Spectacular. Delta Airlines may have changed the frequent flyer world forever this week by making dramatic changes to their program. We'll tell you what it means for Delta and other flyers at 355. Oh, you know Or 1155. You, you know what? You know what? We're out of time. We have so no, nice no more time for the show. Thanks for joining us uh, this week. Yeah, on the travel guys. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on our new day and time, boy. Welcome to the Saturday morning edition of the Travel Guys. On the road again. Travel and entertainment guys at our new time, 11 to 12 Saturdays. And In case you were uh, wondering clearly, if this is actually live radio, I think we've, we just yeah, proved pretty it. much cleared that up. Yeah. <laughs> and even with the help of our uh, illustrious producer, Caitlin Brock, uh, who sent me texts and stuff, we still couldn't get it right. Well, I hope the rest of the show is stellar. Yep. Because that first part was a train wreck. <laughs> it was a train wreck. Yeah. Well, anyways, you went down to Disneyland this week. 
I did. I did. I, my my uh, daughters and their husbands and my granddaughter went earlier in the week, Tuesday through Friday. Mm-hmm. The wife and I joined them for Oogie Boogie Nights, which is a big Halloween event that occurs there. And our day to go was uh, uh, was on Thursday night. Oh. Uh, did you get? And, in, were you in costume? Oh, were we ever? We're gonna we'll post we'll post pictures of our costumes uh, on uh, at travelguysradio.com, and next week we'll go into detail. If you're thinking of going, there's a few travel tips to this event uh, that you're gonna want to you're you're gonna want to know uh, there, because it'll save you a bunch of time and and possibly some money too. So yeah, wow. we had a great time. It was it was a it was a lot of fun. Uh, the Halloween at Disneyland and and Christmas. Christmas are some pretty big, spectacular events. And, sounds like that. Sounds like a freak. We should probably dedicate a segment maybe next week. Um, they have a special thing going on at the Queen Mary for Halloween, and every five years, the Laguna Pageant of the Masters yeah. does the Laguna Pageant of the Monsters. Oh, great. And this is the year. So we actually have some sports leisure travelers who are uh, going down to be a part of that. So we'll, 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 maybe there's some fun things to do in Southern California. Um, so we'll, we'll take some time and talk about that next week. All right. At the top of every Travel Guys radio program, we bring you up to date on the travel news. And with today's travel news, here's Mark. Assuming, of course, we get the headlines straight before the bottom of the hour news comes up. Uh, let's see here. Lots of stuff. TSA, we talked about this a couple times. Uh, something happened. There was a security breach a year ago with those folks that use clear, that extra kind of uh, cut-to-the-front-of-the-line pass that's at TSA pre-check in many major airports. Um, so TSA started asking clear members for ID, and the whole the whole point of clear is not having to, to show an id being able to by biometrics being able to be identified anyway tsa has said that they are indeed going to expand the requirement to ask clear members to show id clear says they're working with tsa on a workaround um since their life kind of depends on it why well, we'll see what happens there but anyway that's the update uh the governor of hawaii says please come back to the island of maui just be aware of the fact that there are still places mainly the area around lahaina that visitors are not allowed to go to. So if your your curiosity won't get the best of you, you can go back to Maui. And, in fact, those folks who live there and work there very much need you to come because if you go to another island, it doesn't help the people who had jobs on Maui. So if you are – the the welcome – sign is out again just know that there are still a few areas on maui where there was fire damage that you will not be able to travel to the autumn travel forecast from our buddy chris elliott says prices are falling all over for now for right now vacation rentals have taken a dramatic drop Uh, vrbo reports that the price of private vacation rentals uh, has fallen off approximately 25 percent from the summer to the fall, um, they normally see about a five to ten percent fall off. So that's quite a, quite a lot. Uh, domestic ticket prices, especially late in October and early in November, are down about twenty to thirty percent. Now, um, we tell you all of this um, with a caveat because fuel prices have been skyrocketing. And this is only starting to get into the system now. So some of these decreases in airfares and other things that are that have fuel attached to them, you're going to see that 
reverse and turn around and go the other direction, I predict here, probably very soon. So if you're thinking about buying a ticket for for travel in the holidays, even the first part of next year, you might see fares right now or for a few more days that you might not see again until you're paying $4 for gas. And I'm not sure when that'll be, so just uh, words of, of wisdom there. Here's kind of a fun... Uh, of all the hustles and scams in Las Vegas, there are these vending machines, Tom. Maybe you've seen these there. I remember these. Carlos Bakery Cake vending machines. And they sell these giant uh, pieces of rainbow cake. It's got seven or eight different colors mm-hmm. of the rainbow mm-hmm. with frosting, and it's 8 or $9 a slice. And it looks really yummy. And on the front of the machine, it says delivered daily and all of this stuff. And people who have looked into it have said, well, maybe not so much. Um, the cakes are delivered daily, but they're made in a factory in New Jersey and shipped to Las Vegas, so there isn't anything fresh about them. And the uh, <laughs> the list of ingredients, um, once you've ferreted that out, are, are not all that appetizing. They use a thing called cake goo in order to keep the cake looking fresh and yummy um, in the case there in Las Vegas. So if you're you're in Las Vegas and you've had a little bit too much to drink or something else in your uh, you're getting a, a case of the hungries. Uh, you might want to might want to go for the Doritos instead of the Carlos Bakery cake vending machine. I'm well. not sure how much that has to do with travel, but I thought it was a fun story. Um, this is not so fun. TSA agents have been caught stealing from passengers at a security air- airport at the air- Miami airport. This incident dates back to late June of this year. In Concourse E, a group of three former TSA agents have been charged with an organized scheme to defraud uh, in connection with their behavior while working. Um, I think I've sent this to Sarah, so I think it's it, it's posted at TravelGuysRadio.com. You can actually see the video and see the guys because there's videotape at all these TSA. I don't know what these guys were thinking. Um, but they very, you know, we all go through TSA. And I don't know about you, Tom. I've laid cash in the tray before. I won't do that again. But you're taking everything out of your pocket, you know, and you've got $35. And it's like, what am I going to do with this? And you just you know, lay it in the thing. After all, they're TSA. It's only going through a machine. I'm right. standing right there. Except sometimes the line gets backed up, and you're not standing right there when your stuff comes out. So these guys, you, you, if you look at the tape, at travel, if you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, there's a link to it. But basically, these guys were very sly in taking things. They took cash out of people's purses and wallets and stuff because they had seen them put it in where it was put on the other side mm-hmm. before the people went through security. Then what they did was there were three of them, and they created a little diversion and slowed the line down, and that allowed and also diverted people's attention, and that allowed them to take it out. So um, this is not to say that all TSA agents are crooked. Um, this involves three people out of a whole big number of TSA. Right, right, right. So this is really not to, I mean, I really want to make that clear that this is not the point at all TSA people, but it does say that you have to take some minimal precautions when you're going through TSA security, <laughs> when you have things like cash. Uh, maybe before you got the security, you'd put it someplace where it, you felt it was secure and you didn't have to move it when you got there. If you use a money clip, it's quite common to set the money clip all in, in the tray. And uh, the other thing, and I, I just noticed this uh, on my last trip, is the the the, uh, the TSA person that sits with the 
uh, the x-ray machine and they sit in front of it uh, at any time uh, they can stop that and they can reach in there and pull stuff out yes uh, y- you just assume that it's you know it's going through and both sides are solid but it's not they have an open side uh, that's why when they spot something they can remove the whatever the backpack or whatever and then put it on the tray for it to be examined so uh, that that's probably what was going on they were pulling it out from that side and then pilfering through it where nobody could see what they were doing except for the video camera yeah exactly well and that wasn't very smart on their part i guess they thought that they could um, get away with this but obviously after um, you know somebody is going to notice that a bunch of cash is missing and that they had it and that they put it into the i mean it, it wouldn't take very long it wouldn't seem like very many instances for this to show up on somebody's radar and um and very easy to track and and take care of and i guess the good news for those of us who are airline passengers here is it isn't the bad news that they got that these guys stole somebody's money the good news is they got caught right that's the good news yeah, um, I, you don't. I don't think you should worry about that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think. But it is, it is interesting. Man, how stupid can you be? Um, Southwest Airlines has extended their flight schedule up into early June. So if you are looking to buy a Southwest ticket for next spring, know that their tickets are on sale. Uh, the CEO says they are very prepared for the winter. That was his side comment of after what happened last year. He says we are very prepared for the winter. Yeah, we'll I see. So. I Yeah, I really hope so, too. How much do pilots deserve to be paid? Um, pilots are getting bigger and bigger contracts. We've talked about them um, standing up and saying, hey, we want more money all summer long here. One by one, they've been falling in line. But some of these contracts are pretty amazing. United's profit sharing for pilots matches Delta's. They get 10% of the airline's profits up to $2.5 billion and 20% over that. Yeah, B, billion with a B. Um, it's it's a uh, there's a whole list of stuff here, and I won't go into it, but except to say that I know that being an airline pilot is a tremendous job of tremendous responsibility. But if these guys were underpaid in some way, they're not underpaid anymore. That's for sure. Airline executives say air traffic controller shortage will cause chaos for years to come. Um, we are still short about 300 air traffic controllers around. You wouldn't think a number like that would be, I'm sorry, 3,000 short. You still wouldn't think that a number like that would be that difficult when you think of all the airports around the country. My daddy was an air traffic controller for his entire mm-hmm. career. Yeah. Um, if a pilot, I'm sure being an airline pilot is a very stressful job. Having spent a little bit of time in the tower when I was a wee little boy, I can just tell you that my memories of that is that the tower is an incredibly stressful place. And my dad worked in, in secondary airports like uh, Sioux City and Des Moines and and Omaha, places like that, so uh, not in big hub airports, so I can only imagine there. But anyway, we still need air traffic controllers, and airline pilots are making a ton. So if you're a 15-year-old out there and you're listening to this radio program right now and you haven't decided what you want to do with your life, might I suggest to you that there's a lot of money waiting for people who fly and direct airplanes around in the sky, and that's not likely to change in the next few years. And that's your travel news for today. There you go. Well, all right. Uh, If you're thinking about trying an electric car when you uh, rent next, we've talked about this. We've got some pointers for you. That'll be coming up next right here on The Travel Guys. Sacramento's News Radio. 
and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Don't forget links to our special guests and so much more at TravelGuysRadio.com. Steve LaRosa joins us at 3.30. I almost said it, didn't I? At 11.35, (laughs) at which time we're going to do a little staycation time. I think you're going to really enjoy this. All right, Mark, we pretty much ate up half the show at the beginning of the show. For those of you who who are just joining us uh, and wondering uh, what we're laughing at, uh, we, we our program moved from Saturday, from Sunday, where it was on Sunday afternoon for 14 years, to Saturday morning a couple weeks ago. And uh, we like to tell you when things are happening on the program. We gave all the ID, IDs for the wrong, for the Sunday afternoon show. So, you know, old habits die hard. Hey, uh, electric vehicles. Tom, have you, ever, have you ever driven an electric vehicle? Never have. Never Desire have. to do it? Well, you know, actually, I have a, my, my, my granddaughter has an electric remote can talk control car that she can ride in and i've driven that while she's riding in it but yeah i'm very curious uh as to what goes on i do know uh, you know a certain amount about them uh but i was uh unaware of some of the things we talked about earlier uh for this particular segment so uh, let's share that with folks yeah well um, more the the hertz and avis and other car companies are adding more and more electric vehicles to their fleets and um, of course, it's a it's a way to travel a little more sustainably, and be a little more friendly to the planet. Uh, some people think that they're they're fun to drive. Um, so the question becomes, and, and more and more people who are as electric vehicles become more popular, they say, well, you know, gee, maybe I'll try one out the next time I'm on the road. And I just want to. That's a terrific idea, but you might want to think about trying one out at home before you try one out on the road because if you're not a user of electric vehicles, those folks who use them can tell you, I'm sure, that some of the things we're about to tell you might trip you up the first time you run into them. So that's why I might suggest that your homework for renting an electric car on the road might include renting an electric car at home for a day first. Um, Here are some things that you you might want to be to know about. Uh, Tom, do you know what an idle fee is? Uh, no, I have no idea. I never heard about it. Well, why would, it sounds to me that, uh, like a, it's just another one of a money grab to me. Uh, somewhat, somewhat. Um, it is idle fees are, are, are something that you're going to want to check into with rental car companies. Uh, budget car rental requires that when you return an electric vehicle, you bring it back with a minimum charge of 70%, or they'll charge you a $35 charging fee, so much like a ref- refueling fee. Um, other rental car companies have different levels of minimum charge that they require. So if you haven't charged your car overnight or you had to drive a long ways to the airport and you get there and you don't have enough time to charge the car before you officially return it, then you could be hit with some additional uh, fees. The The idle fee... Um, I'm not going to take the time to explain it here on the radio. Um, this is a Travelers United article that I'm that I'm reading from here. Um, but just know that it's something that uh, if you don't take your car off of the charger <laughs> promptly, that it could cost it could cost you money. Um, electric vehicles drive differently. In drive, when you take your car off, your foot off the gas. Um, the car responds differently in an electric vehicle than it does in a gas-driven vehicle. And if you haven't driven it before, that's something that you're going to want to know about. 
um, your your personal car insurance. Those of us who rent automobiles on the road, in most cases, know that our personal car insurance covers us. We don't have to take that sucker move of the extra eight, ten, twelve, twenty dollars a day that the rental car company wants for their insurance because we know that our insurance already covers us. Some insurance does not cover some types of electric vehicles. So that's something that you need to know. Um, if you've never driven an electric vehicle before, you might not know that their spare tire, flat tire situation is a little different than a gas-powered uh, vehicle. Their spare tires are much heavier. Um, some of them don't come with spare tires or donuts. So before you leave the lot, you want to understand, make sure you understand what happens if you get a flat tire while you're on the road or you need service. So... All of those things are things that you need to be aware of before you go out. And I, I might suggest you there may be even more than that. This is a Travelers United article. Um, I've posted it at TravelGuysRadio.com if you would like to refer to it. But I think the bottom line to this is, and, and it, boy, it really hit me, and that's why I chose to share this with you today, is that I'm one of those people who is thinking, wow, that would be fun. That would be cool. I'd like to have an electric car someday. And that would be the perfect way to find out about them. Um, it's a great idea on the surface, but maybe you want to make sure that you know enough about the electric car so that you don't get into one at the airport and get a mile away and find out there, or, or get to your, to your hotel and find you can't go any further or something like that. So just a word, words of wisdom to the road warrior. Um, the electric car deal sounds like a good idea, but do your homework first. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, I'm glad you told me. I was seriously thinking about making that plunge, too. You know, I'm aware of uh, the fact that the tires on an electric vehicle are are much heavier. First first of all, the car is much heavier. Being all electric, you would think maybe lighter, but the the weight of the battery Mm -hmm. makes the car extremely heavy, and they burn through tires if you own one. They go through tires rather quickly, so uh, something to think about. I certainly wouldn't want to attempt to change one, that's for sure. If you're looking for somebody who is coming from the East Coast today, particularly the Northeast, um, the hurricane is up there. Hurricane Lee, which is uh, now down to a cyclone, but nonetheless, it's affecting a lot of airports. Uh, Portland, Maine has lost 35% of its schedule. Boston has dumped, uh, Logan has already dumped 25% of theirs. Bar Harbor, Provincetown, Augusta, um, all flights down, Nantucket, uh, Martha's Vineyard. So if you know somebody that's coming from a small airport in the Northeast, or even a big airport, especially if, it's, if it starts and ends with Boston, uh, they may have some problems getting home today. All right, as we promised, it's that time. Uh, it's time for What's Going On. What's going on? What's going on? With my longtime friend and uh, Sacramento celebrity in his own right, Mr. Steve LaRosa. Steve, welcome back to the Travel Guys. Hey, Tom. Hey, Mark. Great to be back. How are you guys doing? Life is good. We're on a new day at a new time, although if you listen to the first part of the program, you'd have a hard time understanding that, but um, we're, we're, we're slowly getting there. Steve-O, you've got some, uh, an idea here for folks who can, we were just talking about airports and you know flights getting dumped and all this stuff, and do you know how much it, it costs to fly to go to the airport and not fly? I and get not. back in your car and, fl- and and drive home. It's it's free except for what it costs to park there. Mm-hmm. So you've got some an idea here about how folks could put together a really cool weekend and never leave town. Yeah, staycation is the uh, operative word here today. Um, 
spent a few days in uh, in uh, Midtown Sacramento, uh, and uh, there's a lot to do. It was a lot of fun. We uh, we stayed at the the beautiful Fort Sutter Hotel. Have you guys uh, been there? I haven't. It's a, it's. Anyway, uh, the rooms are very nice at the Fort Sutter Hotel. Um, is this a boutique? It's a. It's not a high rise hotel. It's kind of a boutique hotel, it's right? It's about four four stories, if I remember correctly. One hundred five rooms, and they're all designed in a very sort of modern motif. Um, it's funny because uh, a quote from Stacy Perigary, um, who was. Uh, the uh, wife of Randy Perigary. Uh, we all know Randy for all his restaurants. And this hotel was his project. And her quote, I loved it. Is she says, we, um, we built a hotel on top of a restaurant, meaning, meaning that uh, down on the first floor is a Cafe Bernardo. And mm-hmm. you guys know that um, uh, Cafe Bernardo's have been around. Well, here's your first, uh, what, uh, here's your question that I'm going to be, it's a trick question. Okay. How many years have Cafe Bernardo's been around, you guys? Tom, do you know? Well, you know, I feel like I visited a Cafe Bernardo for the first time probably in the mid-80s. So I'm thinking, I don't know, 35, probably 40 years? 35, 40 years. I have 25, 25. in my research. 25, okay. okay. By the way, just a, a side note, I'm familiar with Cafe Bernardo's. My uh, daughter is the uh, assistant manager at the Cafe Bernardo's on Fair Oaks. And, uh, hey, the uh, the Thai salad is to die for. <laughs> Cheap, blatant plug. Well, it's it's a farm-to-fork menu. It's not a huge menu, but they, they get it right, and they have indoor and outdoor seating. Perfect for this time of the year. Yes, and... Um, uh, they have a bar. It's called the Four Palms. It's beautifully decorated with a charming little enclosed patio, and uh, it, it's actually it, you can. Uh, it's outdoors, but it's enclosed. And I didn't mention it's at the corner of Capitol Avenue and Twenty Eighth, uh, and it's the perfect launching pad for exploring Midtown Sacramento. You can take a stroll under the, uh, the that our great canopy of trees and. Uh, That might be the prettiest part of downtown, really and truly. I would say so. East of the Capitol there? I would say so. And, of course, you've got plenty of shops, restaurants, and entertainment, lots of small shops and boutiques along J Street. So anything really, did you find, like, any really nuggets or really interesting places to pop into there? I did, and I kind of broke it down to two corners that were very um, central in terms of activity. there's an at 18th and L. There's an interesting little um, shop called Nudge Eco Store, and um, th- they're all about um, sustainability and minimizing waste and coming up with alternates for plastic. Like um, they've got a little bar. It looks like a bar of soap. It's actually soap. It's actually a reusable shampoo and. Um, I was going to bring in, Mark, for you, uh, and I left them in the car. These little, um, these little, uh, how would you describe them? They look like wafers, about three inches by four inches. You throw them into your, your washing machine, mm-hmm. they wash your clothes. And the oh. nice thing about that is you're not buying a lot of plastic and getting a lot of plastic into the environment. Exactly, packaging and stuff like that. So that's a cool thing at 18th and L. And there's, there's uh, three or four... There's three or four restaurants um, in that vicinity that uh, people can check out. Now, at the corner of 24th and K, another really cool uh, cross 
cross-section of, of activity. One little place I really liked was called Pizza Soros Rex. You guys been to this little place? I haven't. You do you know this place, Tom? No, I do not. It used to be the old uh, Rick's Dessert Diner, and they, they actually sell it by the slice, and it's really great pizza. Right across the street is is a little um, collective uh, collection of shops called um, Placida MX, and it's all about celebrating Mexican culture. And there's there's great little artists in there and uh, selling their wares. And across the street is um, Mixed Bag. Now, th- they say that's been there forever. Gifts for every occasion, eclectic fun, 40 years in business, and the people are kicking the pants. So, also, um, there's, of course, around the corner is 24th and J, Rick's Dessert Diner. Oh, uh, you got my interest. I know where I, that is. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've been there. We've gone out to, you know, events like a Kings game or, or whatever downtown. Either one of you guys have a favorite dessert there? Rick's. Oh, I do. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that's a cake in, in like nine layers. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. You buy a, buy a dessert at Rick's and plan on sharing with three or four of your friends. Steve, there's a whole bunch of murals downtown. You were telling me that there's a there's a, a guided tour that will tell you about the murals. Well, uh, right. It's when you catch them to do the guided tour. Basically, you can do a self-guided tour. You just go on their website, uh, Wide Open Walls, it's called. And guess how many uh, murals you guys are in the downtown, midtown area right now? No idea. Take it, yes. A couple of hundred. That's that's it. Over 200. Wow. Well, do we have some lovely parting gifts yes, for this? Yes, yes, yes. We'll, set, we'll have something sent to your home there, Mr. Ramon. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Uh, another, Mark, you mentioned interesting little shops. Jocolato mm-hmm. at 10th and P. Um, over, uh, they've got hundreds of chocolate bars and, and uh, chocolate drinks. Great little find. Of course, when you're down there, there's the Capitol Mall uh, Farmer's Market. There's the Cesar Chavez uh, Plaza Market. Um, Capitol Mall's on Wednesday from 10 to 1. Cesar Chavez from 10 to 1 on Thursday. Um, and, and the B Street Theater's in that neighborhood also. Interesting you should brought, you brought that up because we are coming full circle to um, the B Street Theater and the Sophia, which are right down from the other end of the corner of... Where we started, which was mm-hmm. Cafe Bernardo, yes. and the Fort Sutter, Fort Sutter Hotel. Hotel. Okay, exactly. yeah, I'm glad yeah, you guys yeah. were taking notes, weren't you? Yes. Okay. So, so basically, um, using the Fort Sutter Hotel as your central headquarters, there you could spin off and never leave a ten block area. You could park your car and never move it. Exactly, and you'll be walking among the old Victorians and and the big oak trees, and and it's a, it's a very fun, shady, lovely walk. Thank you, Steve. What's going very, on around Sacramento? Cool. There's a little staycation for you. A few things that you can do right here in our own city. Thanks for coming by, my friend. Thank you, guys.
And it's that time of the year. Time to spend a little time with the lead guitar player and musical director of one of probably my favorite uh, touring group, and that is the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And so, uh, Al, welcome back to the Travel Guys. Well, thank you for having me. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good to be back. All right. Uh, first of all, before we get started, I just want to remind folks that uh, tickets went on sale yesterday, because this is our new Saturday show. Saturdays at 11 went on sale mm-hmm. on Friday. Uh, and I understand this year uh, the public tickets are on sale, and they have a specially priced $39 ticket offer for uh, for one week only. So there's the, there's the heavy lifting. Al? Tell me, tell me, what uh, what's going on with TSO? What can we expect this year in 2023? Oh, Lord. Well, uh, listen, every year you and I talk about this. Every year I say it's going to be bigger, better, and crazier. Um, I don't think I've ever disappointed or let you down once, and I'm going to say the same thing. You know, we had a fantastic year last year. The tour was, like, over the top. A lot of people came out. A lot of families, you know, uh, celebrated their holiday tradition again with us. The band was on fire. We had a great set list, great production. Just literally a banner year. And I, Nicole and my daughters flew to Disney World for New Year's Eve. I met them there after the last show in San Antonio. Spent a week with Mickey Mouse and the gang. And by mid-January, we were putting pencil to paper trying to figure out how can we redo it and do it better this year. So here we are. Al, you mentioned that, uh, that a lot of families... Attend your concerts, and one of the things that 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 I know from talking to people who have been to your performances is that you have a much broader demographic than many bands do, particularly with this incredible holiday show. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, and I appreciate you bringing that up, and it's something that I noticed from the first show that we ever did in 1999 at the Tower Theater in Philadelphia. Now you got to understand, we've been recording since '95, 28 years ago. Um, in 96, we put out Christmas Eve and Other Stories. I think 97, uh, we or 98, we put out The Christmas Attic. We filmed the movie, The Ghost of Christmas Eve. And we were selling, you know, five, six million copies of these records back then. And I felt like we were in the steely Dan of Christmas. You know, we never played a show, but a lot of people were buying a lot of records, and it was fantastic. So they decided to, you know, kick the tires on touring, and the Tower Show sold out in like 45 minutes or something like that. I was like, wow, I wonder who these people are. Well, when the house lights went down and the stage lights came up and the curtain lifted, I looked out in the front row and nearly had a heart attack because in front of me was an older couple wearing those crocheted reindeer sweaters. You know, really handsome looking couple, really nice. But next to them was a dude, next to them was a dude wearing a Slayer hoodie. And I was like, like Scooby-Doo, you know, I, I didn't know what, you know, here you are, you got some, like, you know, 18-year-old with, with the metal signs, you know, the metal horns in his hand up in the air, and you got this older couple, maybe they were thinking they were going to see some Russian orchestra. So it's like, okay, here we go. And we did the entire show and got an incredible standing ovation, and that became the standard that now is no standard. You know, you look at the audience, you got two-year-olds and 92-year-olds. It's the craziest thing ever, but it makes me so proud to know that, you know, different generations are enjoying it and they're out celebrating together and and it's not too often that you can see a family three generations deep go out and have a great night you know and it not being a mortgage payment to do so our special guest al petrelli with trans-siberian orchestra al you're coming to sacramento on december 1st what can people expect for the show this time around well, we had such a great time last year. We performed The Ghost of Christmas Eve in its entirety, which is a beautiful story written by Paul O'Neill, the gentleman who created this whole thing. Um, 
We're going to bring that back again this year. Everybody really, really loved it, and it's become such a tradition for so many people. Uh, obviously, we're going to change the look of it drastically, because you know, you've seen this many times. You know, it's never the same show. It never looks the same. The production keeps growing. So people will have the familiar portion of, of their tradition intact. Uh, a lot of folks who come back year after year, I refer to them affectionately as our repeat offenders. You know, they've been coming for decades now. <laughs> and they want to see, you know, like when I was a kid watching Charlie Brown, you know, or, or, or Miracle on 34th Street. I want, you know, my tradition the way that I remember it. But the front of the show and the second half of the show, it's all on, brothers. You know, I mean, we, we pulled out songs that we've never played before, things that we haven't done in maybe 15 or 20 years. So it's really going to be exciting for the repeat offenders and to watch the expressions change on the first timers because that's like one of the funnest parts of the night for me. Al, every year you do a, a fundraiser. You take a particular percentage of uh, of your ticket sales, and uh, it goes to a charity. Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, I appreciate you bringing that up. You know, and that's uh, Paul O'Neill. You know, from the jump, that's who Paul is. Uh, his family, his wife and his daughter, the same. Extremely generous people who do want to change the world, and they don't talk about doing it. They actually, you know, do something about it. So, from 1999, from that first show we just spoke about in. Um, in Philadelphia, and every show since then, one dollar from every ticket goes back into the community. Now, a dollar doesn't really sound like a whole lot of money, but uh, I think we sold, somebody told me, 18 million tickets over the years, and one dollar from each one of those tickets goes back into the community. And so Paul and his family have made a great difference in the world, and I'm very proud to be part of something like that. You know, Al, uh, every year we we go and we know that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of things that we're familiar with, uh, songs that you do that we've heard many times. But you always have a way to kind of mix it up and add a new flair to it. Uh, can we expect that again this year? Absolutely. Uh, always. You, you know, I mean, all these decades we've been doing it. You know, I mean, Paul led the charge, you know, from 95 on about always breaking the rules and always kind of, you know, doing something that, you know, he used to say, if everybody's making a right turn, let's make a left turn and see what happens. I mean, it was just so much fun last year. But that's in the rearview mirror. Now we have to kind of rethink it musically, visually, uh, emotionally. You know, the story is so important. So many people relate to that story. So, you know, you kind of want to take it apart and rebuild it and say, you know, can we make this a little crazier, a little louder, uh, a little more emotional, maybe? Um, you know, how can we engage people even more? How can we get, you know, first timers out, you know, the curiosity seekers? What can we do to really make them become repeat offenders? You know, so since the middle of January, and here we are the middle of September for the last nine months, we've just been tinkering with what can make it better. And I think we've come up with some really great ideas this year. Can hardly wait. By the way, folks, it's uh, they perform 104 concerts in 62 cities in 46 days. <laughs> Beat me up, Scotty. Here we go. There you go. <laughs> Two shows December 1st here in Sacramento. Al, thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, we look forward to seeing you in SACTO, okay? Always a pleasure, my friend. Both of you guys. All my best to your families, and I'll talk to you soon. I can't wait to get back up that way. Thank you much, Al. If you go to TravelGuysRadio.com, you can find a link where you can get tickets to the show on December the 1st. I promise you it will be a highlight of your Christmas season. Ain't that the truth. I'll tell you, I always know that uh, Christmas is just around the corner when I get a chance to talk to Al. He is one of the most cordial guys. Uh, Al he does Petrilli. interviews. He does interviews all across the country, and when he 
hooks up with me. I, I feel like uh, we're personal friends, even though we're really not. He, he just can he just can, can connects well. All right, on to our Delta Airlines story. Yeah, Mark. this is this is kind of kind of important here. We we really didn't have time for this today. We'll talk a little bit about it, about it tomorrow. But if you're a Delta Airlines flyer, a frequent flyer, you probably are already aware of this. If you're an infrequent flyer, maybe you didn't pay attention. If you're a frequent flyer with another air carrier, uh, you want to pay attention to this because this is probably going to impact you. Delta last week basically did away with the, in the old days up until last week with Delta and for the rest of this year, the number of miles you flew and the number of segments that you flew, the number of flights you flew, had something to do with what status you had with the airlines. With the airline, that will be no more. Um, starting immediately, you will everything will be tied to credit card spend. So you buy a ticket on your Delta credit card, and you get so many points for that. And you buy you spend a hundred dollars at the grocery store, and you get so many flight miles for that. Even though you never bought a ticket and never stepped on an airplane, never went near an airport, never even looked at the sky at an airplane, that's how you're going to earn frequent flyer status on Delta Airlines. It's going to be tied to credit card spend, and they're going to try to drive all your credit card spend to their American Express Delta credit cards. So if you're a Delta flyer and you don't already have one of their credit cards, status is going to be a lot tougher to get without one. And if you're not a Delta status flyer and you're on a status with another airline, status on Delta will be easier to get if you spend a lot of money on their credit card. So we can talk more about that next week and what the impact might be. But for those of you who play the frequent flyer game, and I'm one of them for many, many years, um, you're going to find that American Airlines already did part of this uh, about a year ago. Delta has taken a bigger step and what's basically happening here is that they're leaving um, any vestige behind of saying, well, you know, this is tied to it's not. They make more money off the credit card, really, than they do flying the airplanes. If more That's people will take the credit card and use it. The other thing is, folks, you say, well, wow, there's all these great ways. I can, I, I own a business. I can charge all these things to Delta, my Delta credit card, and I can get this status right away. Just keep one thing in mind. All the airline has to do is keep moving the goalposts. Just like they've done recently, Delta has been the biggest violator of this. Just keep adding the, to the number of miles that in the number of points, whatever you want to call them, that you need to be able to redeem for free stuff. Just keep adding to the cost of, of people getting into your clubs and the airports and stuff like that, and no one will ever notice what's going on behind the screen. So what this is is Delta saying, wow, it's easier to use our frequent flyer program now, and all I'm saying is, yeah, because the rewards are not as great. No matter what Delta says, a simpler and more rewarding Sky Miles not happening. Dance like nobody's watching. We'll see you next week. All right, my friends. Thanks for joining us. See you next Saturday, 11 a.m. for the Travel Guys.